Hey guys, Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Happy Thursday. Hope you've been having a great week. Uh, we had a killer goddamn Comedy Jam three-year anniversary on Monday. Holy shit. If you came to that at the Roxy, Josh Adam Myers and the LMNOP band, they didn't, man, what a show. Me, Bill Burr, Brad Williams, Nick Swartzen. Uh, I sang Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Bill Burr was in character as Johnny Paycheck. So funny to see him go in and out of material as Bill Burr in the character. Uh, it was unbelievable. The Roxy's a sweet venue. The show was killer. Uh, so thank you if you came to that. Uh, reminder, next Tuesday, July 18th at 8.30, Comedy Store Main Room is the next Adam Ray and Buddy show. Chris D'Elia, Theo Vaughn, Eliza Schlesinger, Tiffany Haddish, and uh, David Spade, and two surprise guests. And they are fucking huge. I don't want to say who they are. But they are never at the comedy store, so it's going to be amazing. Uh, and I'll be on the show, too, of course. 8.30, July 18th, Tuesday, Comedy Store Main Room. Get your tickets at hollywood.comedystore.com. Speaking of Comedy Store, this guy, our guest today, is there a lot. He's everywhere. He's been doing comedy over 20 years. You know him from The Informant. Uh, he was the host of The Marriage Ref. He's been on Conan, Letterman, The Tonight Show. Uh, he's just one of the best comics working today. Uh, and it's Tom Papa. Yeah, man. He hosts uh, the popular Come to Papa show on Sirius. Uh, again, you know him from from all the uh, credits I mentioned, uh, as well as his recent special on Hulu, Man Mule, which you should go watch because it's brilliant. Uh, this episode has it all, man, from his advice uh, uh, to Brad about having kids and getting married to his stories about Greg Giraldo and becoming friends with um, uh, Seinfeld and... and uh, doing the marriage ref show and how it came to be um uh to uh bread his fascination for bread he brought us homemade sourdough the dude is just a uh, a non-stop working comic and uh, and is killing it at the top of the of the, of the game and uh it was really fun honestly it was one of the most fun chats uh that i have had uh doing the podcast so uh, go check out a special man mule follow him on uh, on twitter at uh at Tom Papa. Uh, check out all his tour dates at TomPapa.com. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad at Funny Brad at ALN Podcast. ALN Podcast on Instagram. Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram. Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. Uh, this weekend, uh, no shows for me except for uh, tonight at the Laugh Factory and tomorrow at the Laugh Factory. All those dates are at AdamRayComedy.com. That's right. My site changed from Adam Ray TV to Adam Ray Comedy to make it easier. Um, and the next week, of course, Adam Ray and Buddies at the Comedy Store I just mentioned. All my tour dates for August, Denver, Austin, Chicago, Ontario, Irvine, all at AdamRayComedy.com. Oh, and I was just on the Adam Carolla podcast uh, on Tuesday, so go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. And I debuted my Reno, Nevada song, which you heard from the Live in uh, Vegas uh, podcast. Uh, and there's a video on my Facebook page. It'll be on the front of Chive and Funny or Die soon, but I had a music video Half music video, half animation from my buddy Tony Solano uh, that is unbelievable. It's on, on my YouTube channel. Uh, it'll be on Chive this weekend, and uh, but on my Facebook fan page. Just go check it out. Uh, I'm really pumped of uh, with how it turned out. It's raw emotion, baby. True story. And a, and a sweet, melodic tune to go along with it. So uh, go check it out. Brad Williams will be at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Go see Brad at Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. Tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for your Alien merch. Just saw the designs today for our new hoodies and beanies. And it, uh, they're fucking dope. I can't wait till the uh, new site is up with the new merch. 
So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Comment, rate the podcast five stars, and email us about lastnightpod at gmail.com with your ALN highlights, where you listen, how you get into it, what do you love about the pod. We'll read those comments on the air and uh, have a chance to win some free merch. All right, now that we've got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the very funny Tom Papa. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. In um, staying true to the opening of your special, um, which I just watched, which was great. Oh yeah, that you filmed that how long ago? July, last July. Okay, this is a human mule. Yeah, human mule. Yeah, Uh, you're um, talking about just people making plans and sticking to them. Could not be. First of all, (laughs) it was. I was just so um, impressed and delighted to hear like. It's so crazy when you hear something in comedy and you're like, oh man, like with all the comedians we have and all the people, I've never heard somebody break that down. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. So, and then I'm just (laughs) like, that is also something that could not be more true to, like, it's not even like a generational thing. It's everybody. Yeah, of course. Like my seven-year-old nieces would be like, let's go to the park. And then five minutes later, like, (laughs) but we could just stay here and watch Barbie goes to, you know, Detroit again or what? I don't don't remember. Barbie goes to Detroit. I don't remember what it was. Was was, that a deep cut? too many of them. Would you rather not go? Yeah, that's all right. We could just stay home. Yeah, it it always takes that one person to cast a little bit of doubt. And (laughs) then it's like, all right, we're all going to this. We're all going to dinner. (laughs) We're all going to see the show. We're all going to see the movie. And then that one person just goes, I mean, we could stay in. And, they then, and, then, everyone, and then everyone jumps on. They don't They're even like, have yes. to commit to that. All you have to do is ask it. You guys still want to go? <laughs> Dude, that's what, that's what you said. And you said you're basically like checking in on the, how much weakness they have. Or yeah, yeah. 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 Do you want to do it? <laughs> Why don't you want to go? No, I do. No, I yeah. do. seeing if you don't want to yeah. do it. You know, I'm totally it, cool. You're, kind of, you're putting it on them being like, I don't see if you want to pull the rug out from under these plants. Because like, I'm just going to yeah. plant that seed for you to grow the, the, the weakness tree. I want to make you a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I totally follow through on everything. Yeah. And, and then what's... What's the other thing with adults where when we see people that we haven't seen in a while, we, we, we always do the thing of, you know, we should uh, we should go out to dinner. We should do the thing. We yeah. should. Uh, do, and then that never happens. I so know. why do we go through that social construct of like, well, let's actu- let, let's get, make a plan. You get excited. And yeah. I get excited when I'm drinking. Yeah. Then it's like, we're going to go away together. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like, we're oh, we're going to go to Catalina in, yeah. in two weeks. Let's do that thing. You and really then it want never happens. It sounds like a thing that you really should want to do. Yeah. Did, did that happen for you? Like, what is, I just want to know, like, life and comedy for you, like, at this stage versus, let's say, I don't know, 15 years ago? Say again? What do you mean? Life and comedy. Like, what were. Was Tom Papa fifteen years ago? Were you a where like, was I at? 15 yeah, years like did this ago? joke evolve like later in life? Or, like were you a stick to the yeah. plan guy? Uh, yeah, no, I always follow through, but I but I also think that it's uh, it's not even an age thing. I think it's a I think there's an there's an East Coast part of it. Yeah, where East Coast you stick to your plans. Mm-hmm. People make plans, you kind of follow through, you do it. You know, like even the suburbs, maybe a little bit less, but it's out here. <laughs> it is flaky. Yeah. It is. Why is it's that? It's more fluid. It's more. I don't. You know why? Because your life. Because in New York, 
someone makes a plan to go do something, mm-hmm. that is probably going to be the best thing you could go do. And everything else, sitting in your little crummy apartment, dealing with noise, all that other stuff is pales in comparison. Out here, your life is pretty sweet. Yeah, right? <laughs> Any plan yeah. you make, there's a good chance it's going to be worse than what you're doing at home. Yeah. Oh. Like this, like your setup is, this is a nice place to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Once the sun starts going down and the music starts trailing sure. from the places around you. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, I could I, I, I could go see uh, Come to Papa live at the Largo, but I got incense candles. Yeah. No. <laughs> if I have two drinks, I'm not driving. Let's stay home. Uh, how long did it take for you to put Human Mule together? Like, Because that was your fourth special? That was my fourth special yeah. mm-hmm. um that one was about um i would say two and a half three years before th- from the last one okay yeah do you set a timeline like no this? no no it's just there's a handful of guys that are like every year a handful yeah there's it's, louis it's it's a it's, yeah <laughs> it's, it's louis yeah. louis did it <laughs> yeah and i think like burr and jeffries are kind of in there they're kind of doing it is kind of in there too everybody says that they want to do it and then yeah. everyone's on the schedule I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't. I I can't wait for these specials to be over. Yeah, I can't wait for them to die on the vine, which is I think what's starting to happen. There's way too many of them. It, it, I mean, and I just can't wait just because I'm for comedians going and getting better and working on your stuff. Yeah, that's the job. That's yeah. the gig. That's what you do as an artist. What I do not enjoy <laughs> is going to a club and hearing every comedian. From the open mic to the best headliner saying, I'm working on my hour. I'm working on my hour. What are you doing? I'm working on my hour. I'm going to come down. I'm just working on my hour. I'm close to my hour. I'm almost done with my hour. I'm close to my hour. I don't care. I don't care. Why is it called an hour? Why is it a time construct? Yeah, right. There's just how about I'm just working on my act. Yeah. And when it's good enough and people are really want to see it, and when someone, I might record it. Yeah. And when someone demands it, when yeah, there's some sort of people, demand, right? Yeah. Because that because that's always my favorite. And I I get it that everyone wants to get so big so fast in in the, in this business. But when the host is like, yeah, I've I've got my third album coming out. I'm like. You, uh, Why? I'm taking yeah. my third DVD special at the Haha. Ha. Yeah. I know the old Haha. Ha. I know. <laughs> I mean, I I started when before people were you know I started in '93, yeah. And at that time, you couldn't really record your own stuff. I mean, you could record little. You know, you couldn't put out an album on your own. It was no. just starting to happen where you can get like an MP3 recording of it, like just enough where you can make something. Right. Up until then, it was you had to be a, as great a comedian as you could be and then somebody from a record company or somebody would come and say we want to make your album yeah yeah so i always so i was just waiting around and people just started recording shit on their own yeah and just making their own stuff and it's like the the level of it all just started to just come down well there's no real comedy police right like for i mean for people running the light for people stealing material it's all kind of we're all sort of policing each other and so even for specials yeah. I mean, it's like I'm just now at the point where I'm like, you know, I'll be 10 years in in the fall and I'm like, all right, I'm starting to think like, all right, maybe like I have a lot of stuff that I would love to put down. Yeah. But, but I still know that like I thought this last year and now a year later, I'm like, thank God I didn't do it because I've got all this other stuff I would love to put on it. But of I'm course. sure that happens all the time. But but even I'm still kind of like, should I just do it myself or should I like 
Personally, no, I kind of want to be on a show and have more. Sh- I want to have like a bigger reason to do it. But yeah, no. Look, there's nothing wrong with putting it out when you personally think. I think this this is done, and I'd like to record this mm-hmm. and then move on to something else and move into new. That's fine. There's nothing is wrong. Is that a with bad reason that. for wanting to do it? Th- that's to a, just get rid of, to burn the. No, it's not to burn it. I mean, you're a writer, so yeah. you've got to write, you've got to create, and at a certain point, you put it down, and then you mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. But that's you. That's your personal thing. Brad has his own times. I have my, the stuff yeah. I'm working on now. That's but just that it's a herd mentality of we're all working on our hour, yeah. and then the hour has to come out, and who cares? And then what's happening <laughs> is people are doing that and thinking they've got to get the ne- and it's. People are thinking that if I just get 60 minutes of talking, yeah. I've got an hour. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Let that sit around for another year and a half. Half of that stuff isn't going to be good enough to yeah. be in the new right. hour. It's not. It's uh, it's become a time construct and a how quick am I doing it compared to the other guy. Yeah. And the level is all coming down. And the level of really great people is coming down. Their, their new things aren't as good because mm-hmm. they're just... It's just a race. It's not. It shouldn't be a race. Yeah, but and, I, and then even like the top tier comics. Yes, there's so much demand on them from from Netflix, from whoever to yeah. Because they're hungry. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, and then are are they going to turn down ten million dollars? No, to, I know. To, no, they're not going to do it. They're no. just gonna be like, oh, great. Yeah, I can have that special. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a there's the problem in the beginning yeah. when you don't have enough great stuff to do it. Yeah, and then there's the problem when you're really huge and they want it really quickly, right? And you're not going to have great stuff to give them. Yeah, you didn't have ten. That's years why, to guys, I recommend we stay in the sweet middle spot. <laughs> <laughs> we stay in the just kind of no. slightly obscure. You got your fans, but no right. one's really saying you've got to turn this in by next. There's not that demand. No one's banging down Tom Papa's no. door like oh, I demand the next you, one. I can come do a podcast with you guys in the middle of an afternoon. <laughs> yeah, this is the life you want. It, it, is. It, it You know what? And there's something. There's something to be said about that. Uh, especially now, like I see what's but, going on in terms of fame, and I go, "Oh, I don't want that." But there's so few people that have that. Yeah. I mean, you know, Amy, Amy Schumer, and, mm-hmm. and Kevin Hart, Kevin like, Hart. And I mean, like, you know, that's yeah. so small a yeah. percentage. I mean, you could have really good. You know, look, I know some of uh, the biggest who won't oh, yeah. turn out specials. Oh yeah, I mean your friend Every, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one guy who. Yeah, th- those guys come from a mentality of, no, you work on this thing until it is as great as possible, and right. you'd be humiliated, humiliated to break it out earlier than that. Yeah. Now there's a middle ground, you know. There's there's, you can now like you're saying like, ten years in, do I put something out? You kind of have to put stuff out. That's well, why that's we're sitting here right now. Yeah, yeah. There is content. a content-driven. People are digesting this stuff. You know, in the old days when Jerry and those guys were doing specials, it was a special. It came out. Everybody knew about it. Right. You saw that one guy. Now, and then five years later, so you much stuff one. coming yeah. through, and you could digest it so yeah, yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, these guys could just take off on their on their iPhone and be looking at specials yeah. right now, and then watch ten minutes and then blow out. Yeah. It, Look, it, all I'm saying is, I mean, there's a whole marketing angle and vote. all that stuff. Yeah. But. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, vote. yeah, that's what we're trying vote. to say. Just Register. vote. Yeah, I and mean, get tested. I mean, get tested. It's I, really I, not good to I, spread I, this around. Yeah, I saw I saw that uh, billboard out there on Sunset. It's uh, there, there, there's a billboard on Sunset right now that has a picture of a wave that says syphilis tsunami. Get tested. Oh, really? And I'm just like, 
syphilis. Is like that a S- thing? STD plus natural disaster is home run billboard. Yo, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That should be the name of your special. <laughs> home run billboard. Syphilis tsunami. That oh. <laughs> home run billboard. <laughs> I mean, like, like yeah. AIDS hurricane, syphilis like tsunami, gonorrhea <laughs> earthquake. He's also all <laughs> great Hootie and the Blowfish cover bands. <laughs> all my pontificating earlier is out the window. You should record tonight at the Laugh Factory and name it Syphilis Tsunami. But you know what? And I'm, I will buy the first copy. I'm actually going to do six ten minute specials. <laughs> yeah, and just go the uh, multiple special route. <laughs> yeah, part two. <laughs> there, has you, anybody ever, that would be? I mean, we are something. the age where people are like. I mean, Netflix. I feel like they contribute like to the half to the problem of you know yeah. of just like so Too many much, yeah. and because they were just like we'll fucking be the first one to just do them all and, yeah. and and people I think did want that much at first because people were excited like oh shit new Aziz new Amy new Bill new Dave but yeah and it, like you just said it's now too it's, much. it's and, just and too much and we are you know it's so funny because you were mentioning like you know feeling 10 years in like I don't know where I put that on myself. I must have heard it from. I feel like I heard it from from an, uh, a veteran comic that was just like, "Yeah, ten years is like when you really get a gri- uh, grasp of who you are yeah. and a good a good stopping point to put ten years of material out." But also, it's like mm-hmm. that's their opinion. And then when that's you right. hear when you see, I, I get occasional tweets of like, "When's your special?" And yeah. even though it's like maybe five tweets over a month, I go, God, everybody wants one. You know, yeah. you're like, there's a demand. Yeah. So but, but I, skank, but, skank Hunt 4242 in, in uh, <laughs> Omaha really wants this special to come right. out. In my aunt's defense, that she wanted her name as her Twitter handle, but that was taken. Yeah. So. <laughs> so she had to go with Skank Hunt 4242. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Brad mentioned Jerry and just like his um, uh, process, but like, and. I want to know. I mean, I have a lot of questions about your friendship with him, but did he ever? At what point did you maybe feel comfortable to ask him for uh, like just comedy, or would you naturally talk about it? And it like he loves to advice talk. would come up. Yeah, organically. he just you know there was there's very, I don't think I ever just came out with you know. Uh, you got How do you any hold tips? the mic? You got yeah. any tips? You got any tips? <laughs> Such a broad thing. But he loves talking about comedy so much. That's yeah. awesome. He's just a scientist about it. So you just hang around him. You're going to naturally talk about it. And sure. he, I started hanging out with him uh, in New York when he was coming back to stand-up. And we just started hanging at the clubs with Colin Quinn. Mm-hmm. And you know the, his whole crew was gone. There was nobody to hang with. So I, I was just trying not to be annoying, so I could still hang out. And like everybody else was freaked out. But you know the, I think what helped was that I wasn't watching his show a lot because I was out at clubs trying to become yeah. a stand-up comedian. So I didn't. I knew he was famous, but it didn't jar me to the point of like, oh, I can't. Sure. Be myself and hang with this guy, and you so, weren't like telling him like, so how how did you come up with the idea of the uh, uh, of the puffy pirate ship? <laughs> right, like, exactly. did, yeah, I had yeah. no interest. I yeah, didn't care. It, yeah, exactly. So it was it was it was definitely uh, just so for I would say for about I I'd say like the first like six years of hanging with him, mm-hmm. I was just a sponge. Yeah, I literally just learned everything. How he wrote, how he carried himself, how he dealt with people, how he handled himself for late night shows, how he had, I mean, everything, every aspect. Yeah. I was just, you didn't have to ask. You just had to hang around. And you, I, and you know, it helped because he hit, his work style is similar to mine. Like yeah. I sit down, I write, I do this. You do? Yeah, I do that kind of stuff. So I, at the time when he showed up, I was confused. I didn't know. You know, well, Eddie Izzard just goes up and wings it, and yeah. Chappelle doesn't write stuff down ever. And, right. And then he came along, and he kind of confirmed 
what my instinct was and i think that became like a really like that was a all you need early on is somebody to confirm that you're not an idiot for being in this business. Totally. Yes. You just need someone to say, hey, you're funny. You're good. Yeah. And accept that you for being is, there. That process is good. That works. Yeah. Just yeah. like, you know, you just want to hear from someone good that you're good enough to be around. And they don't even right. come out and say it. They just treat you like a comic. So yeah. you're like, okay, he's given me a stamp of approval and he seems to be affirming the way I'm doing it. That was the biggest thing. Was there... Um uh, how did that? How did you meet him again? It was just through at Stand Up New York. This one okay. week, I was uh, when you're on stage at Stand Up New York, you could see the bar mm-hmm. through the window, and he was sniffing around. He was coming watching shows. He was around for like a little bit before going on stage, and uh, and I saw him through the window uh, come in one night while I was on stage. So I tried to be really funny. Then the next night, same thing. I'm on mm. stage, and he comes in with his baseball cap, and I threw out a whole bunch of new stuff to let him know that I'm, I have other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good move. And I came off in the, at the bar, and he said, uh, uh, hey, uh, you're really funny. And I was like, all right, that's thank, it, made. Thank you, I thank mean, you, that's Mr. It. Seinfeld. That's all you want. Yeah. You just want to hear, like, he was sincerely saying, not just like, a, you could tell. It wasn't like, you know... He wasn't blowing smoke. It was, and we talked for a couple minutes, and then we saw each other at the cellar, and that was it. We just, yeah. you know, my style is similar to him. I'm yep. not douchey. I'm, there was a lot not of particularly thing. dirty, just yeah. kind of observational. Yeah, write, write stuff down. Brilliant, like you say. brilliant. A lot of people yeah. use the term genius. <laughs> yeah, a lot. yeah. People just say that prolific. a lot. Never been said. Never been Very done. Prolific. Yeah. Next yeah. level. <laughs> Next level. Papa is yeah, what I've heard said a lot at the Dave and Buster's. <laughs> yeah. Rancho Cucamonga. Um, <laughs> hey, wait! But before we go on, yeah, uh, your thing in uh, Garland's, Garland's. Oh, uh, handsome, handsome. Oh, yeah. Amazing! Oh, thanks. You're really good. Oh, thanks. No, you really can act. I mean, I thanks. know you know this, but you can. But I went that to was, school for four years for it. it I was, feel like I should be okay. <laughs> it, I mean, it really was. This like, is Adam Ray's moment, like when Jerry Seinfeld told you, "You're really funny." Yeah. He's having this moment <laughs> yeah, right now. But it fucking kind of is, man. <laughs> no, but I mean, it really was just like, oh, this. I mean, we had a lot of friends in that. Yeah, and I love them all. Yeah, but you, your role was like, oh, there's like a weight to this. He's doing. He's. He has to do something, but his you could tell the motivation, and the yeah. guy is completely different yeah. from what he's doing. Like, it was real. Oh, thanks, man. Real acting. That it was, was good. Uh, I mean, Garland's, you know, just, um, as you are, someone I've looked up to in comedy, and so to, oh, like, he's the A, to just put me, and you know what, he's... You're the greatest. I got a part <laughs> for you. Yeah, I'm going to put you in handsome. You're going to play this guy. Just say something. She's going to come up. Just give her say something. Dude, totally, yeah. <laughs> and he would, like, you know, it, it was so, because Curb's my favorite show, and um, mm. he, you know... Helped me get an audition, uh, and so I got. I did. I did a, an episode for this new one. Oh, and that's like, great! And it's. But he's such a like, you know, just so, you know, um, gregarious. Yeah, and very um, just supportive, and like, yeah. and, and and giving too in the scene, and like would stop and say like, do this or do that, and and um, but also like very much like, hey, you know what you're doing, so trust what you're doing, and yeah. like that's really big in a that was in huge. a director. It was great, and Brad, yes. I've done things. It's the compliment. You. Welcome back to the compliment hour. You and I. No, this isn't a compliment oh. because we oh. haven't done it yet. Oh, but What's you that? and I have something in the end of August. What do we do? Yeah. What do we have? What? We're doing a pilot. 
We are? Yes. Brad? What pile am I doing? Brad, I told you this. <laughs> Brad, and you were supposed to tell he me everything. That's the rule it. of friendship. Oh, that's right. You texted me. He knows me. nothing about it, but yes. we have, uh, we're going right. to be shooting a couple. It's not a big thing, but it's a thing. Well, it could he, become a big thing. We're, yeah. That makes me happy. You don't have to audition. You're in it. You're the guy. That's yeah, awesome. That's right. Uh, I cannot say what it is. I cannot explain the role. I yes. will. It's Chuck E. Cheese Ball Pit Fights, Volume 4. <laughs> Damn it. Who's, it, who told? It's me versus Wee Man. It's finally happening. Wait. Ball Pit Fights. Can I give you, can I just say what your name is? Sure. Razzles. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like something that would pop up in the 1967 Batman when, like, you punch somebody. <laughs> Pow, pap, razzles. <laughs> that's really funny. You're no, quick. It, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to be doing it. It's, uh. Um, yeah, that's right. I, I Directed I, by Rob Zombie. What? You never told me that. You never Top told me. Top secret. That's all I can say. I can't say anymore. Well, because I know zombie directed. Stop with the questions. Dire- zombie Back directed off with one the, of your stop things. Talking. I have so many things now. No. Uh, zombie directed one of your specials. Two of them. Two of them. Two of them. What? Which, for, which first of all, how how does that happen? The guy's a metal god and a and a horror film guy. Like, how does he direct a comedy special? Well, I know this is a podcast, but can't you yeah. see that I have a badass look to me? <laughs> I mean, don't you think like who I'm would be threatened. in Rob Zombie's crew? <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It, it, that's a great game be, show, by the way. Who would be in Rob Zombie's crew? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. You you would definitely be the Dark Horse candidate. <laughs> that no one looks at Tom Papa with with the like on the uh, cover art of your special <laughs> human mule that has you with all the kid stuff on <laughs> your back, being like, I bet you that guy hangs out with zombie. Yeah, he's a zombie guy. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the acting compliment, but I need to throw it right back at you. Behind the candelabra, yeah. you are fucking incredible. Dude. Thank you, and like I think that was I think what was the um, the Matt Damon movie that uh, the informant yes informant great in that I think that Thank was you. both first. with the uh, both Soderberg. with uh, Steven Soderbergh yeah yeah both Soderbergh which one was yeah. first the informant right I only get hired by one guy me too and Paul Feig he, he's Soderberg. a genius and uh, yeah. I don't know why the other geniuses don't catch on and say we can put him in our stuff too Look, Spielberg I heard just followed you on Facebook <sighs> so give him some time so yeah. annoying um, but that was I mean but that was great dude no, that was so incredible. good both man. of those were great and just being able to hang with those guys just being in there's one time in Candelabra where it's me mm-hmm. uh, in the scene it's on the screen as you're sitting at home watching it's me uh, Matt Damon Michael Douglas and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, and it's my like God. one of these <laughs> is not like the other ones. Yeah. So you step out of your body yeah. at that point. You have to, right? Like you're still yeah. a fan of all this stuff. No, I think nobody gets completely over it. No, of yeah. course okay. not. Yeah. And I think nobody does. And even at the biggest levels, they don't. I think you know some stuff gets a little. You just you don't want to. Uh, you, there was one moment where uh, during the during the informant, I was with um, Rick Overton. Great. Yeah, Love right. Him. He's great. Uh, he's a comedian. He doesn't. He acts like we do. You yep. know, he's not. He's not a movie star, but he's in yeah, stuff popping up. Yeah, and he's on. Uh, he's on. I'm dying up here right now. Yeah, yeah. And he's. Uh, we're in this scene of the informant. It's me, Matt Damon, and and Rick Overton in this limo, and we have to keep. There's no air conditioning, and we have to drive up. They, the the limo pulls up. We get out of the car and we do our thing, and it's, something's happening. There's some sound issues. We have to do it like three or four times. And Matt's hot. He's got a lot of stuff to do. This is our only scene for the day. We don't care. <laughs> and I'm just trying to act like we've been there before. Like just you yeah. know, just be just cool. Act like you've been the scene with Matt oh, Damon yeah. in a Soderbergh movie before. <laughs> just kind of cool. yeah. Give a heavy sigh. I can't believe we got to do this again. <laughs> this old chestnut. <laughs> Rick lets out. Rick is totally honest in himself and doesn't censor himself at all. And he's just like, oh, we're gonna be talking about this scene for years. <laughs> 
I'm like, no, Matt's not going to no. talk about this uh, at dinner. No. Yeah, this is. You're going to talk about this yeah. for years. This is a just, fart in the wind, Damon. <laughs> yeah, just act like you've been there before. <laughs> Which uh, that should be the name of your second special, "Fart in the Wind." Okay, so what was the first one? AIDS, hurricane? No, syphilis, tsunami, syphilis, syphilis tsunami. tsunami, fart in the wind. Is syphilis a thing again? <laughs> yeah. What a great question. You know what? It's so weird you say that. Uh, it is, and this and Adam always makes fun of me because I know the most random ass facts. But uh, yes, CNN just just uh, think tweeted out like three days ago that uh, there's a new strand of syphilis that is incurable that's incurable uh, yeah it's oh, making oh the rounds so, guys you hear that <laughs> he's, I brought he's, my daughter and my nephew yeah. and their friends and that's one way and, of getting kids not to do that yeah, kind of thing syphilis is back <laughs> And you know what syphilis So does. is the McRib, by the way. Did you watch the Nick on, uh, did you watch the Nick, the uh, Soderbergh thing? You were in the Nick. I didn't bring it up for that reason. But okay, yes. but you were in the Nick with uh, but it uh, was, Clive Owen. It was a medical yeah. drama from the turn of the century. Wow. And mm -hmm. uh, when people got syphilis, their nose fell off. Oh, right. You're, it ate the cartilage in your nose, and your oh, nose falls my off. God. The Sphinx had syphilis? Yes. <laughs> That's Can a you imagine being a lot, like, what time period was that? 1900. Can yeah. you? I mean, like, what a bummer for the people that are still around, yeah, or that were around and like, yeah. You uh, meet a gal, like, you meet a gal, you have a couple <laughs> cocktails, and now your nose falls off. <laughs> Although I, I, I can't, There is one positive side to that because then you knew who had syphilis. You could walk around. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you'd no be like, no one can hide it. Don't fuck her. Don't fuck her. <laughs> yeah, Stay away no, from that. No, no. Nose. I don't have herpes. <laughs> yeah. Now. Where's your nose? Yeah. 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 Now it's like Wait, you see um, some girl. She's got uh, pink highlights and uh, she's got a weird <laughs> 80s band tent. Uh, on, uh, 80s band t-shirt on. Yet she wasn't born in that era. And <laughs> yeah. yet she has. You're like, that looks like a good time. And then syphilis oh. and then syphilis tsunami that knows you don't have a nose <laughs> so did did you become buds with Soderbergh and Damon and that helped for Candelabra or did you yeah. audition yeah yeah well, I mean because they were so for Candelabra I just got a I just got a a tweet one night what I just Seriously? got a, I, not a tweet I'm sorry a, a text from uh, Soderbergh just saying, I'm putting you in the gayest movie of all time. Oh, my God, dude. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and you're like, and I was like the Richard Simmons story? I was in New York. Hilarious. I was just like, great. I was in bed. Yeah. And then uh, I told my wife, Stephen's going to put me in the gayest movie of all time. <laughs> and, and then we tried to go to sleep. And then I was like, picked up my phone 15 minutes later and texted him back. What do I have to do? <laughs> I love that you waited for that. Yeah, I, I love that, I, that your immediate thought was, "I'm in." I'm you, in. Do you want? Do you want me to pitch? Do you want me to catch? What do you want me to do? I'm in. And then it was, uh, it was Candelabra. What, what was it like acting with somebody to the stature of Matt Damon? I mean, and again, like any. Did you go out like the first TV job I ever did was according to Jim and I definitely Henry Winkler uh, I went to uh, school with uh, Max's son so he became kind of a, a mentor for me for a right. little bit so I would ask him for advice for certain things every yeah. now and then so when I did that it was first TV job for sitcom job and I was like any advice and he was like treat Mr. Belushi like an emperor you're not there to fill space if you think of something funny say it they picked Adam Ray because they love Adam Ray <laughs> all the best and I was like oh okay great. see you later but so I you know, um, so I, I just, I'm curious, like, in that situation, would you be like, hey, Damon, like, this is, like, you're a pro, any... <laughs> Call him by the last name I, only? Yeah, I think you just, you know, I don't think there's, there's definitely those mo. you just have to, you you can't psych yourself out. You're sitting there with Michael Douglas or Matt Damon and, you know, in Soderbergh, and it's just like, yeah. just be cool and just, you know, the the hardest one was the informant because that was the first one. Right. And he got the, I got the job. They put a lot of comedians in it. 
And how much acting have you done prior to this? I acted all through school. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, I could do it. I know. I know how to act. Where was I wasn't, school again? I wasn't worried about that. I went to Ryder. Nice in uh, New Jersey, which wasn't a big program, but I was. I could be the leads and everything. So okay. I was so you like, did, all right, great. Yeah, and I studied so it. So if you in go New back York there, and, there's the Tom Papa Theater at Ryder. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> be amazing. I'm sure. So did you love it in college? Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, no, completely. I assume that in watching you in these performances, I'm like, there's no because you know some comics have no training and they'll go to some get some classes and then all yeah. of a sudden either they'll do it or they won't. So, but there's certain people you watch and you're like, no, there's a back, there's a history there. Yeah, no, I loved it. Okay. It was, and I knew I wanted to do it, but I was an athlete all through school as a kid. That's what I think. And so I, I couldn't go you. into drama yeah. and stuff. I was like, I literally, I was captain of the football team. Oh, I was shit. track. I was all that stuff. I didn't, from kindergarten until 12th grade. But I wanted to act, and I literally went to Ryder because they didn't. They got kicked out of the league. They couldn't have football. What? And my father was kind of pushing me, like, you could do Division Three. You could play <laughs> Division Three. What ball. did you play? I was fullback. Holy okay. shit! So you, fast. so you opened up the holes. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Blocking back. Tom, and, yeah. I, and I was like, but I purposely went there because they did not. They had drama, and they didn't have football. So you forced yourself. Yeah, and you knew, wow. and you knew, and you probably knew that there was. Uh, innately that like football you weren't going to pursue that no post. I it could was play f- for four years but it, then for what I wasn't loving it at that yeah. point anymore I'm like it's not going to be a career it's not going to be no, what like, I want to do best case scenario is they ask you to be an assistant coach after you graduate yeah you're like, great yeah, I'll be the fullbacks coach yeah, wonderful not my I, thing That's I gotta grow a hell of a mustache to do that <laughs> right exactly <laughs> I gotta get a whistle uh, I quit football it's amazing how similar your and I's stories are I quit at sports and drama with my things and I quit football my sophomore year of high school to play Danny Zuko in Greece because I couldn't do both yeah and then and it was the same thing where it was, was like was the coach I, pissed so pissed. Yeah. I mean, I wrote my college essay on it because it was like this thing where, and I've told a story before, but I, 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 you know, I was telling my mom, I was like, God, the, the director of the play, which, and the, the program was such a big deal in our, we went for field trips in elementary school. Now I'm in high school and it's this big community. I mean, yeah. it's great productions. Big deal. And so it was the first chance to get a lead because I'd been an ensemble my freshman year. And he was like, I'm not telling you you're going to get it, but like you should audition. And the only other kid auditioning was a kid named Danny Park, an Asian dude. So like I had pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah. And rocking uh, the hair. That would have been yeah, a different yeah, yeah. Uh, version. Yeah. And uh, not a bad version, a different version. Yeah. And so uh, I went to my mom. I was like, I, I think I should like, I want to do the play. She's like, what do you want to do? I go, I want to do the play. I feel like I'm doing football to please the coach. She goes, and there's your answer. Yeah. yeah. But now wow. I got to tell him. And so I went in one day during weight training, some weight training. I was like, coach, I think I'm a, uh, I'm thinking about doing uh, not playing this year. And same thing, he, I was going to start varsity as a sophomore because the offensive guard ahead of me was injured. Yeah, he a sophomore captain. So all this responsibility. And I was like, I think I'm going to do the play this year and take a year off. Tough. And he's like, come back in two weeks and tell me the right answer. And this was stereotypical, the most intimidating coach you could imagine yeah. in any situation. And, and you had to tell me, like, but I'm only against an Asian guy, and I could get the role because yeah. uh, I'm not care. saying I'm not saying Summer Ruffin, yeah. so it's fine. <laughs> dude, Brad, I was, dude, that's so great, dude. I'm probably gonna put that in a bit. <laughs> Please do. Thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome, <laughs> Summer Ruffin. Good night, everybody. Just gonna be Adam and Tom for yeah, the time. Leave I, on that, I, actually. I, I, I peaked. <laughs> Uh, right, so, later, so I went back. Yeah. <laughs> good night, everybody. So, so I, I went back in and uh, and told him, and then he just and I was like, and I tried to make a joke out of it. I was yeah. like, I can't uh, memorize the playbook this year because I'm gonna. Uh, I decided I'm gonna try to memorize the lyrics to Grease Lightning, and he just pauses and goes, "Get out of my office." And that was it. And then he ended up bringing his kids to the matinee, the last matinee, and like walked out to the lobby and was just like, oh, you, "Yeah, you're not you're not bad. You sing pretty good. My kids liked it." 
Yeah. Uh, see her in basketball That's so season. hard. That's like telling He's, your parent that yeah. you're not... Totally. That you're Straight. moving out. What? But I, lo- <laughs> I, lo- I love that Sorry. you I love that you had the um, a similar dilemma. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. But you and didn't you, even look back, right? And I mean, it's it was... so ingrained in you, and you've been doing it for so long, and sure. it's, a difficult, it's a difficult thing. to. You're getting approval from these people, but something at some age, something starts to pop up in you, and you start to... If you have an idea of like what you really want to do, mm-hmm. it kind of... It's pretty amazing when, when you, you look kind back, of figure it that kind, out. Yeah, and, it, and it's not even... It kind of is going to happen. Like, you don't realize when you're a kid, like, I didn't realize, like, it just is taking over. You just start making these decisions and you start moving in this direction. It's just yeah. happening because it's in you. It's just innate. And to be just somewhat cognizant of the of the magnitude of that decision, like, had I not done that, because <clears throat> after that play, it was just the most unbelievable show. Like, it was so, like, <clears throat> heavily praised and so yeah. fun. The experience is what made me go, oh, I think acting is what I want to do. And yeah. so, and I, had I not done that, because I was so close to just giving in and being yeah. like, let me to do football. And that put me on the path to then think about auditioning for schools and, you know, getting to, to, to SE to come down here. Yeah. I wouldn't have done any of that. None and of that. You- I hosted, I hosted uh, the talent contest uh, at the school, which was a big thing, it was a huge like yeah. production, and I was the I was the captain of the football team, but I was also the class clown. That's amazing. So I had uh, you were like the funny guy in school. Everybody, yeah. yeah. yeah and I remember range. I remember one time being uh, uh, I had to lead the stretching, you know, for for the practice. You'd all mm-hmm. go, and I was just like making everybody laugh and everything in the locker room. We were having a great time, and then we got out there, and I'm like yelling at the my friends, <laughs> get down! And my friend friend Joe was like, I don't. You got to give me a minute to shift and try. I, I, you're I, still in like yeah, locker room mode. You're still t- you're not, the fun Tom. Now you're yeah. like boss Tom. It's hard for me to, to switch. So I, uh, but I hosted. Uh, <laughs> it's so lame, but I hosted the um, talent contest as Pee Wee Herman. It was oh, when his whoa. movie was out, and I had a bike and a suit, and I did the whole thing, and I could do the impression, and I hosted as that, and I was doing bits, like I yeah. actually had bits. And it was lame and it was stupid, but it was the first time I was up on stage, like getting laughs from people. Did something? Yeah, and it was for just you. Like, it's like, oh, this is awesome. I mean, I was always headed that way. Yeah, but that was like, yeah, this is awesome. You I'm were doing it in smaller circles prior to that. Like, oh yeah, I was always and, making people yeah. laugh and that kind of thing. How so? Like, what was your? Um, I don't know way of doing it. Just oh, I had impressions, t- just, just tons just commentary on just yeah. Tons. I mean, I had it was really like seventh grade when everybody would, in my town would go away to camp. Mm-hmm. And we didn't go to camp, and it was uh, it was mostly a Jewish area, and all those k- Jewish kids would go to camp, and then we just kind of like hung out and went to the pool, and there were so there weren't a lot. Brad, of kids don't make around. a Holocaust joke. I saw you biting your lip, you son of a bitch. The sad part is, I was I thinking, saw you and I was going like, that uh, Jews going to no, camp? That's dude. never ended poorly. No, yeah. You know what, man? All right, yeah, you got. <laughs> and I was hanging out with all older kids. Oh mm-hmm. shit! And the only way to kind of be cool was gotta to, make them laugh. I was I was yeah. funny. That was my place. So like the girls would like me, and the guys would. Or I was funny enough to hang out. It's not the best. Yeah. So that was that was like older kid approval in yeah. seventh grade is maybe the best kind of approval. One of my best bits though was um, I had a, a two two lame bits. One was in second grade. I t- for some reason uh, Rhinestone Cowboy was a was a, a big song. I'm a Rhinestone Cowboy. Yes, yeah. yes, dun, yes. Dun. And for some reason I had a banana, and I had a banana peel, and just in the middle of class, this wasn't this was school is going on, and I just walked to the front of the class and had worked out 
a song Rhinestone Banana in my head <laughs> and stood up and twirled it around and shook my hips and sang Rhinestone and she's like sit down we're learning multiplication but like, I, the- I went through the whole song and I was like all right, this is alright I went back to my seat like that was a that was a pretty good bit I think that was good <laughs> Did you try to work it out like the next day? Like, all right, I'm going to try to do this dance move instead. Yeah, you're like, yeah. There was no Twitter back then, but you're like, that girl looked at me. So it's like your thing of like, come, you know, give me your special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but then I had my other good bit. I had a good bit when I was like a sophomore. I I love that you're referring to them as bits. Remember those? uh, Yeah. Remember when, uh, like, for Italian ice, we get the wooden spoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, samples and all that. Yeah, Yeah. they have like it's kind of a little circular wooden Mm -hmm. spoon. I would draw a different character on each one and I would do impressions for all of them so I would have like Michael Jackson and I would have like six I would have like ten of them in my hand oh my god and I would do Michael Jackson I would bring up and so I would just come up to a girl and be like hey what's going on what are you doing Tom and then Ebony and Ivory (laughs) and I would bring out the the Michael Jackson one then I would flip it and it would be Stevie Wonder and then I would do that and then I would flip it and I would have all of these different Impressions. That was another bit I would just keep in my pocket. Holy crap! Yeah, You're killing. I, I, yeah, I had a lot of I had a lot of bits. Yeah, what did this, did this go to bits? That's this amazing. Per- performer um, in you was that? I mean, as a kid too, were you like home movie kid, like always doing like plays for the family and stuff like that? Or? I was always funny in yeah. the family. It wasn't mm-hmm. a very funny family. Oh really? Everyone was. It wasn't heavy, but no one was just that talented. <laughs> Except for me, Tom Papa. Did you yeah. do it out of default? My mother was funny. My okay. mother was really funny. Because I feel like everybody has to see some yeah. of it at home a little bit, right? Yeah, my mother would do voices. She would do voices oh, of everybody cool. in our life, and she would they would they she would imitate everybody. That's so awesome. I saw the reaction. She was getting like, I want that reaction. Yeah. 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 Was there any impression or something she would do that really got to you, like a garbage man or a, 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 a pet? or a? <laughs> yeah, she would do all our friends and stuff. And then I remember she got a Lily Tomlin album. And oh, she was go. doing her a lot as the as the kid character, the uh, like, the I operator. There was like the operator, oh, right? Yeah, and uh, she started doing all those. Was there a moment? Did did you have kind of a an aha moment where you realized like this is like later in high school where you go, oh, I could actually make a career doing this? Like I could. Yeah, it wasn't until I heard the first comedy album. I was in my neighbor's house, and uh, mm-hmm. it was all the older brothers and me and my friend got to sit in with these eight guys or whatever. Yeah. And they were listening to uh, Steve Martin's Let's Get Small. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd never heard a comedy album before. Yeah. And they're passing around the album, and we're listening to him, to his his stuff. And I was like, I remember like literally thinking, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is a grown-up that does this for a living. Yeah. And then literally, like, two weeks later, I heard George Carlin's Class Clown at another friend's house. There you go. And then I was like, all right. Then I just started just gobbling up who these guys were. Right. And and also, especially with those two albums, you have one that's, like, absurdist. Yeah. And then the other that's, like, the most intelligent, like, political yeah. life commentary ever. It was so, crazy. Yeah. So to have that range, you're like, oh, you can do anything. Yeah. It was pretty, it was a real education. It was like, okay, so grown-ups can do this. This can be a living. Yeah. And I knew in seventh grade, I, I literally knew that... That's where I was gonna go. Did you did you have any idea what to do to be a comedian, or you're just like that's what no. I want to do, but I don't know how to do it. I didn't figure that. I really couldn't figure it out because I no one in my life was any. You know, it was just they yeah. just worked. Sure, no. and I we didn't have like anybody close to us that did anything in that in that realm. My girlfriend in high school, this one girl that I dated, her parents were friends with Billy Crystal's manager. Cool. Okay, and 
I started asking them a lot of questions, and uh, and they were friends with like some show business people in New York, and um, they became. She was really great. She was a good friend, and then we dated for a little while. And her mom was really smart and funny. And I started went to school and started acting and stuff. And then she literally had me call the mom had me call her friend, mm-hmm. who was an actress. Because I, she saw that I was seriously thinking about doing this. And she had me call her friend who did nothing but shit on show business. <laughs> and, oh, tell me, and tell me, there's no way you should do this. This Jeez. is not Whoa. a career. This is, I did it. I was hot. I had all this stuff going on. Yeah. But you end up old with no money. And it's a horrible thing to do, and it's a horrible life, and you give oh up so God. much in your life to go down this path. Yeah. You're going to have to sacrifice all of family and friends and all those good things for life to go <coughs> into the arts, bless you. And, you. Yeah. and for what? To end up old and broke. Jesus. It was a tirade, and it was a <laughs> no compl- she completely set it up. And it's kind of brilliant because she set it up, yeah. blindsided me yeah. with this reality version of what could happen in show business and i hung up and thought well that's not going to happen to me and i'm just and i kept going i didn't think about it for a second it's awesome i was just oh, like she's so she's nuts but that's really what it takes you have to it be does. so out of you your mind dedicated optimism that total. just like i'm because and we, we said it before on this podcast but if you sit down and as you begin a, a life in this business and think about all the odds that are against you and everything that has to happen and all, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one does it. Oh, I remember the... the t- oh, go ahead. There was um, uh, Michael Richards. Um, yeah, was, a world-famous linguist. Jerry told me this great story. <laughs> you know what? Him and, <laughs> him and, uh, him and, uh, and Seinfeld were sitting in a uh, cafe in New York on the yeah. street. And a guy came up and said, oh, it's so nice to meet you guys. He was a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. And he said to Michael Richards, I'm thinking about being an actor. Yeah. And he's, Michael Richards shot back, you'll never make it. <laughs> and he was like, what? Because I'm like, thinking, right? What do you mean you're thinking yeah. about being yeah. an actor? No, that's not. I'm going to do? Like maybe a definitive not, statement. How about, so. yeah, I, I'm doing it. I'm, do- I'm not even, I'm not asking for permission. I'm yeah. not telling the world about right. it. I'm Man. just going it really, and that's, that's really a, what it takes. I love that. Yep, it but does. A, a, it it takes just delusional yeah. confidence and just, yeah. I mean, it's so funny to even hear you mention the sacrifice part. I remember the, even just the moment a couple years, I think, after college, like 2007, when I knew, uh, are you good for another maybe like yeah, I'm 25? T- I'm totally okay, good. Um, where I knew, uh, where I started saying no to, you know, all my friends post-college that was, that's a very social time still where everyone's like, yo, yeah. we're just out of school and like everyone's trying to get their stuff together, but it's still like, we're still partying a lot and hanging yeah. out. And I was saying no to a lot of birthday parties and, and camping trips because I was like, no, I'm going to drive to Santa Barbara and do seven minutes for this guy I just met. <laughs> yeah. You know, but right. like, but I, once I, I, and I would do that and, and feel a little bit bad. Yeah. And then like once that shift happened where I was like, Oh, I don't feel bad because I know this is what I have to do. And yeah, it was like a very aha moment. It's yeah. wild. It's really weird to like look back at it and and figure those moments. I did a play in college, and we were living off campus, mm-hmm. and my friends were having this party at our house. It was like not a lot of people at Ryder had homes, had places off campus. Everyone was like in the dorms, yeah. And, and it was more of a commuter school, even. Yeah. And we, but we had like a big party house, a big old Victorian house, and it was like you know awesome. a great place. Yeah. And. My friends, my roommates, were having this kick-ass party in my house, and 
I had a play. I had rehearsal for the play. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back, and I was at the Wawa. It's almost, it's like 11 o'clock that's at a night. Ga- that's a gas station for those unfamiliar with yeah, it. Yeah, in New Jersey, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. a Wawa is like nice. a 7-Eleven. Nice. Yeah. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm, I've got kind of makeup on. I've got like a bandana <laughs> on my head. And I'm getting a sandwich at Wawa at 11. Yeah. And knowing that there's a party going on there. And I was like... I thought this is so much cooler to be getting a turkey sandwich totally. after rehearsal yeah. wow. by myself in this place. Yeah. I mean, I want to go to the party, yeah. but, and I'll get there. But this moment right here, this is so much cooler. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? It's such a weird thing to think is when you're 18 years old. But I really was like, this is so much better. Yeah. But that's when you know, but I'm I'm choice. taking a step towards yeah. something that I really want to do and that thing that thing's going to take over my life. Yeah. And little did I know that becoming a comedian, you, how many dinners you would have to make out of a place like a Wawa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At oh, a gas yeah. station. Airport, <laughs> yeah. uh, gift shops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a whole dinner out of this gas station. <laughs> yep. That's, that's happened a lot. Hey, I brought you something. That's why I was looking at my time. It's not... Oh. I'm I'm rushing okay. along, but I brought you, uh, you a gift. What? Oh God! I'd open it. Right. You're gonna have to fight over it. Uh, <laughs> if fight. you have a knife, okay. if you have a knife, you'll be able to. Nah, dwarves always carry out. knives. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so great when he says shit like that? You don't know that's not true because no, no there's no. I've always and you've always stereotypes. Now, you've always you know? expected that. <laughs> like yeah, dwarves have knives. Yeah, yeah. dwarves have knives. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I didn't even flinch. I was yeah. like, yeah, one of the one of their powers. All right, Adam, I've seen it, and uh, it's funny because I, I actually wrote something down related to this uh, on the little map that we have to, for, for us to talk about. If it's oh, a signed yeah. Marriage Ref DVD, I'm going to be very excited. It's, <laughs> it's a very large bread. Oh, my God. And yeah. you have a yeah. lot of bread, and not bread as in the slang for money. Bread as in bread. Real bread. And then Sourdough bread. You, you make, made this. You, you make I this. made this yesterday. Holy shit. Wow. This is maybe the are... greatest gift. <laughs> you know, dude, no, here's what's this... great about getting a little older, too. Shit like this is so much cooler and sweeter Thank than, you. like, I don't know, man. I don't know what comedians come shirt. on here and bring weed and... <laughs> Bongs and most pornography. Bring, yeah, most bring girls. No. Like, hey, you want to turn? We're like, ah, that's just so old. My Mar- posse is 15-year-olds, Marin and I'm bro- bringing you bread. Yeah, Marin brought his old pipes, so this is, like, way cooler. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Welcome. Wow. That's, uh, that, when that's did, so awesome. That looks so good. It does look good. Um, when did you start getting into bread? Yeah, dude. I started making sourdough bread a couple of years ago when... Uh, it's the weirdest hobby. Uh, yeah, it is weird. Well, do you know how sourdough bread is made? No idea. Yeah, well, I didn't either. All right, and I was, fuck you, dollop I podcast. Was, <laughs> We're going to get into how sourdough bread is made. I Who was, says you can't learn something on this one? <laughs> yeah, come on. It's not all dick and fart jokes no. and Voltron stuff. We got we have, we have <laughs> stuff here. <laughs> My, I, was, I was writing on a show, and this one writer uh, in the room was talking that he got into making sourdough bread, and he was kind of a scientific mind, this guy. Holy shit, Adam Ray has a bread knife. Wow, look at that. How the hell do you have a bread knife? I don't know, man. I would have never pegged you for the guy that has a bread knife. I literally make beef roni, fruity pebbles, and sometimes spaghetti. Apparently you carve the occasional loaf. That's not a euphemism. If you have butter, this is going to be... uh, If you have butter is a great name of a new podcast. (laughs) Do you have butter? Brad, Brad, give it to the pro, dude. What are you doing? Clearly, am I like cutting against the grain? Wait, listen. We make cookies, not bread. Dwarves have knives. They don't have serrated bread. (laughs) They have they have Swiss Army knives. (laughs) They 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 have nail clippers. Yeah, and they call them knives. Yeah, this table's okay, right? Yeah, you're fine. Uh, Sourdough bread is made 
buy it's a, not a sharp knife sourdough bread <laughs> should I get another one no it's okay it'll be fine <laughs> there's yeast flying around us in this I room right now this is great it That's smells fine. great too there's literally Done. there's literally yeast floating around us all the time and if you put flour and water in a dish yeah, yeah. the yeast will find it and start eating it and the, that flour and water mixture will start to bubble it's the yeast eating it and excreting gas. And that's how we discovered bread in ancient Egypt 5,000 oh, years ago. So people, it Flour becomes a living, yeah, that becomes a living organism. It's a bacteria that creates, uh, that you have to feed. If, so then that becomes a living thing. And yeah. my daughter actually started it for me when I came home and talked about it. And she gave it to me at Christmas. And it becomes this living thing. You have to feed it. it be- it's called a sourdough starter. It's called a starter, uh-huh. and uh, you start to, uh, that becomes the yeast that makes the bread. There's no commercial yeast in this stuff. Really? So Yeah. So isn't that weird? That so this like, is LA, this is Sherman Oaks Air yeast that, yeah, that we're this, eating right here? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so how, did this become a, uh, I don't know, you like, uh, just, uh, you were like looking for a new hobby or? No. Love, I just. Always love bread and. No, I cook, but I don't really bake. And then I was like, uh, let me uh, ch- check out this sourdough thing. And once you start making it, the family, you know, you're filling oh, wow. the house with bread. And it's like. Is it also cathartic? Like, yeah, it's meditative. Mm, yeah. It's it, smells, it smells amazing. And it's delicious. It's just, yeah. It's, wow. This is definitely, like, this has a different flavor than what I'm, like, it's good. It's it, it's good. And there, there's like, you. it's different than the normal sourdough bread you get at like oh, a deli or dude, something. Dude. That's good this bread. This is so good. That's really good. We're bread. literally breaking bread together. Yes, this dude. is fantastic. And you know, oh, that's good. And it also tastes better because it's a gift. And it also tastes better because it was homemade. And I know that you've been doing this a while, so I know that you like are good at this. I am good at it, and I'm getting better at it. Wow. What are you gonna do? Event? Is there any end game? Like a Tom Papa? Is there a Papa's pop up bread shop or something? Maybe Papa's pop tarts. I thought about it. We were just at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I have this joke in my act. I say that people aim too high in life you have to keep your dreams lower the bar yeah because then you'll accomplish them you'll accomplish it yeah. people that kill That's themselves so want to be like multi-millionaires with yachts and stuff yeah you're like my yeah. dream when my act is over when my career is over bagel mm-hmm. shop at the beach not owning it just working yeah. in one and it's just it's like how's that dream not coming true yeah and they, not you, a nice beach the jersey shore yeah you can do winter. that you you can do that tomorrow if you wanted to <laughs> right, exactly. let's fine. be honest those, yeah. those bagel shop employees you're lit like you got a sweet life i don't know how much you're making so you're, you're probably you know you don't have dental yeah <laughs> <laughs> if something goes wrong yeah. you're probably well, you don't not really need it because you're eating soft bread all day <laughs> so you're fine you're, you're happy yeah you can gum that there That's was a fine. there was a bagel happy. store called bagel oasis that was uh, across the street from temple beth on where i went Jeez, to talk uh, about name. talk uh, about aiming too high bagel oasis <laughs> and it was super dewy and it was next to the, my temple growing up and we would go there every where? sunday in seattle in seattle in temple beth on and we'd go there and they literally had I mean, it smelled unbelievable. It was big, like they had sandwiches, everything, and then they also just had, it was almost um, like window shopping because they had a big display case and all the names and just, you know, clear see-through windows of just all the bagels just like one on top wow. of each other and then just, you know, so many flavors. Heaven. And the employees were so cool and they knew so much. They were like... That's the thing. Like, we just got There's, this new cinnamon raisin, but like with some of the turkey, but like do a little bit of mayo. You're yeah. like, Jesus, man. Like, they care about it. I, I literally, I started making it and it's when you look at ingredients of bread, like mm-hmm. you could buy whole wheat bread in the store that you want to feed your family. Yeah. First, 
um, ingredient is sugar. They use yeah. all sugar, in, and it's like 32 ingredients in bread. They had to change the definition of bread so the FDA could rule on it. Because bread is only flour, water, salt, and yeast. That's it. Wow. That's what bread is. This stuff isn't bread, but they had to change the definition so they could actually make rules about it. And the actually bread. call it bread. So when you That's make amazing. it this, to make it like this, you've got to care. You've got to, yeah. you've got to care about it. It's a process. It takes time. I started going up when I'm on the road now. I go visit these bakeries like that make it the right way with no commercial yeast that just yeah. do it this organic way. <clears throat> You're never going to meet a douchebag. <laughs> You're never going to go into a place where a guy or a girl has dedicated their life to making bread. Yeah. That's not an asshole. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Yeah. That's so a not, good, that's a going to be a good person. So not like the coffee snub where it's yeah. like, like like that scene from the Gaffigan show where it's like, give me an Americano where it's like right. a coffee with an espresso and they're like, oh, that, 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 that'll ruin it. I'm not serving that to you. No, these are good people. You're right. Yeah. They, there are certain lines of profession where it's just like yeah. the, the, the end product, the person going into it I mean, the reasons going into it, I think, are like fun, and then also like it's not. It doesn't seem super stressful. I don't know. No. Much? Are you ever like, God damn it! I wish I had more butter. Like, <laughs> it does get stressful when oh, you it fail. Does. Like, even just looking at this, like this is pretty good. Like, that's called uh, the crumb. Yeah. How much air is between it? Oh, okay. That could those holes could could be a little bigger. I didn't want to say anything, and I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> This is like an. Ep- I don't know much, this but I know the holes could be bigger. And I, mean, I was like, as soon as you cut it, I was like, oh, geez, what? tiny is, bread holes. Is your next show going to be like celebrity bread off, where it's like you're, it's like you're the judge instead of like Cupcake Wars or something? Yeah. You're like, will the yeast rise to the occasion? And then like, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. I would watch that. that. That is so sad. It could actually work. Well, it could work because you're a phenomenal host, and I'm yeah. not just tooting your horn. But Marriage Ref was one of my favorite shows. Was it? And I'm not it even married, fun. and I might never well, get married. Well. But the um, dude, it was, and Geraldo was my favorite comic. Oh, the best! And that episode, all of them were so great. It just the format was so because it, it took comedians. You know, there's so many people are constantly trying to find like an outlet for comedians to do commentary yeah. and like in a panel format, and that was so unique to me and so relatable, and still like I feel like people could still be very um, articulate and edgy without. Yeah. And even for somebody who wasn't married, I was just like, it's still relationship-based. Yeah. And, and the give and take between you and the panel was so great. Can you talk about that? Yeah. No, it was great. I mean, it was such a, it was a, it was, there was so, it's such a big thing in my head because there were so many levels to it. Yeah. It was like, I never was on something that was publicized so completely that that was that big you know that was yeah. Seinfeld's thing and it was supposed to be a small little show on Sunday nights it was supposed to be like this little fun little marriage show <clears throat> but then Leno's show crapped out yeah when he moved to primetime oh the, the and they uh, had five ten yeah yeah and they had five slots that they had to fill at 10 o'clock and they wow. convinced Jerry to go back on Thursday nights Jeez. and then it became this huge thing yeah and they were like advertising it during the olympics it became this gigantic thing put billboards everywhere everywhere and uh but it was all about jerry it wasn't they there was they they weren't showing me at all there was one promo <laughs> where they showed my hands once they were like literally <laughs> all in on jerry and i was a little offended at the beginning but of after, at the end when it got panned because everybody thought it was going to be the Seinfeld show. Seinfeld part right, two. Right, right, And it right. wasn't. It was never supposed to be that Right. right? It was just, supposed to be. We didn't even know what it was. It was part reality show, part talk show, yeah. part game show. It totally. was like, we didn't Which really why know I what it. it was. And um, so when the critics came out and like attacked it, 
it was it wasn't I didn't take the fall, which was kind of a good thing. Yeah, it's not. Why did they attack you? God, it's so. I don't know because they, you know, it's, it's Jerry and he created one of the greatest shows of all time, and then they think like, oh, it's going to be the next. And they're Seinfeld shoving thing. it down their throat. Yeah. Nobody likes, you know, people want to find things. You yeah. Know? Even I, if you took something. Unless it's bread. <laughs> shove bread down our throats, yeah. and that's fine. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's I mean, it. even if you take something really cool and underground and you were to advertise the hell out of it, people would turn on it. Yeah. And, know, they won't like it as much. Well, and then it, it's it, that's what happened when uh, people put a people with the U2 album free on your phone. Right. People were pissed. They were pissed. And they're like, what the hell is this free music? Yeah, you're <laughs> dictating what you I should like now. Yeah, but that, that that the concept of it was just so great because, and I'm saying this as someone uh, who's currently engaged, getting married in September, there, there there's so many disagreements where you're like, I just, I wish we just had an outside <laughs> yeah. ref to just come in, hear both sides from us, and go, yeah, you're totally right. The or, concept was great. Yeah. Just that part of it was yeah. great. And married couples really really liked that we were shining a light on that yeah yeah and it doesn't exist right now no and it really feels like there was some major uh producer problems with that show oh really who got in fights with the network and that's why they killed it really and yeah so, and the, ra- so, the, so the ratings were still good the ratings were fine oh, and then but this was this shit. war and it was like it, this one individual really uh tore the thing down rita rudner yeah, Rodney. <laughs> ah, again, how, how was it? Uh, how was it? Work? I mean, you knew Greg for uh, in New York days, yeah. Greg was my best friend. It oh, was really? yeah. We uh, he was the first comedian I ever ran into. Wow, I'd never been in a comedy club before. I went on stage as a comedian, and I got after I went to school and all that stuff. And but I really wanted to be a comedian. And I realized as an actor, you've got to get parts. But as a comedian, you could just get some friends to sit in the audience. Yeah, and pay the cover, and you can get on stage. Yep. So on uh, June twelfth, nineteen ninety three, I walked into the New York Comedy Club, and this one guy Gary was on stage, but Greg Giraldo was standing in the wings waiting to go on, and it was my five friends and maybe two other people in the audience. That was the whole audience, and Greg was sweating. He was and talking fast. He was just so yeah. nervous. Oh man! He just didn't. You know, he'd only been doing it for like six, eight months before I got there. Wow! Uh, so he was. He so, was so, freaking so he out. was the elder statesman. Yeah, and he was so nervous. <laughs> and I was like, and uh, we became friends that night, and that was it. We just it super tight. That's so great. And well, then we, to go to the marriage ref. Yeah. Yeah. There was one episode where it was Jerry Seinfeld. Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. That was, I mean, and I've Greg watched Geraldo, that maybe 90 times. And me yeah. as the host. And at one point, like in the commercial break, I looked at Greg and he looked at me like, how the hell did we get here? Yeah. I love We're that. on TV with these Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And, like, we, and he was you busting her balls like yeah. so oh, beautifully. He was so great. He really, he was We probably so count great. on money. Yeah, like, just oh, burning yeah, her money. Yeah, burning her, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, he, what was it like? I mean, so if great. you can talk about it. It was a nice moment. It was, um. What was it like just being friends with him and doing shows with him and, and shooting oh, he, shit with him? He was just the he was the greatest. He was yeah. you know, I went through a period where uh I started stand up and then left it for like six months because I needed money and sure. I I just needed to do some personal stuff and uh I wasn't showing up at the clubs and he would call me at work. I was working in a small advertising agency. He would call me every day and say, what are you doing? come on let's go you've got to come back what do you do oh, I'm like awesome. oh, I will but and he would call the next day you weren't there last night why didn't you come? like he really wow. was pushing me to uh to come back it's so nice to hear that cuz in a in a business that's so 
that's so individual. Yeah. And everyone thinks that comedians all hate each other and are all like super hyper hyper competitive. Just that, some that, of them. Yeah, yeah. But but there's but there's a situation like that because who knows? Yeah. If, if he hadn't done that, you may have just got those paychecks and be like, oh, well, this is comfortable. Yeah, you never it's not, know. It, it's not what I want, but yeah. it's how I'm, I'm paying rent. But so. that's the kind of guy he was. He was just yeah. such a giving, uh, he's so smart and so just damn funny. He was just so, I mean, he was I just such a natural. I yeah. mean, he, like when we were first starting out, we just had like these silly jokes and he was already like starting to talk about like the difference between Protestants and Catholics and he like was always, you know, he was, Harvard Law yeah. graduate, and he was just super smart. He was almost, he was one of those guys that, uh, looking back, like he was too smart, like his brain For was sure. too busy. Yeah. And he couldn't, I'm, I'm, I'm just dumb enough to be happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't, do. I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah. you have to, you can, I, I'm not an idiot, but I'm not so smart that the troubles of the world are always on my mind right, yeah. and I'm always dealing with reality and trying to wrestle it to the ground. Right. I'm dumb enough to be like, you know what? I know it exists, it's but I'm not going to let it bother yeah, me. Yeah. I'm just going to go see my friends and eat some bread. <laughs> really? He couldn't shut off. His, oh, really? his yeah. brain was one of those hyperactive brains. Well, and I think Ignorance is bliss, and that's a true statement. I He's just too kinda, aware. Yeah, it kind of turns on you, and especially when you start... Doing drugs and stuff like that, it, then you're really in a combination where it's like where yeah. it really becomes trouble. Greg was one of those guys where, it, as an as an up and coming comic, I was coming up as as he was really like doing the roast and really kind of hitting his prime. Yeah, uh, where I would just look at him going, "Oh, I can't do that." Yeah, like there's some comics that you watch and go, "Okay, yeah, this is a, I I can get into this business." And then you watch a guy like Geraldo and you're like, "I I, I can't write that. Yeah. There's no way in hell I could write I could write a joke." That He's way. the first one that made Such me. Want to start like doing topical stuff because like when I when he did that bit about the uh, <clears throat> the the, st- the story about the guy jumping off the cruise ship because he got in a fight yeah, with, with his wife Titanic yeah yeah and then um, uh, Rose get on the boat Rose <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then or the and then the guy who got struck by lightning and survived and then what was it and then yeah. got divorced or and then got in a fight with his wife and then killed him so, or so, what was it, like yeah. got himself couldn't. Do it so it was like calling the experts, or, <laughs> right. you know? anyway. But it was like he was just he would take all these, you know, stories that were happening. I was like, oh shit! Like you can get comedy from that too, from stuff that didn't happen to yeah. you, and have some commentary on it. He'd be having a field day with. I mean, I can't even imagine. Well, right now. I really think, I really think that he would have been. Uh, he he was poised to become our John Stewart. Yep, like our yeah. generation's. The John, next, like you know what I mean? Jim Jeffries yeah. is doing right now. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. he could have yeah. stepped into. Yeah, and I think. Or John Oliver. Yeah, and you know, to have a a Hispanic American <sighs> as that voice, yep. I think would have been even more relevant from these than these guys from sure. other countries. I mean, it's nice; they're all smart, super yep. funny guys. But to have like an an American voice, Greg was just it it. it you don't have to like I could try and host that show but I don't live and breathe politics right Greg's so faking Greg it, yeah. was really like just a natural he would have been he was great as a host he was great looking yeah. on camera he was super smart he really I always said you were going to be the next uh, Bill Maher John Stewart he was really set up to be yeah, that guy yeah. and uh, you had a uh, future president on the marriage ref yeah Trump was on the marriage ref yeah. yeah yeah Trump was a guest I didn't see that one yeah it was weird. Like he, 
Any uh, he, he insight a, to our current commander in chief? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's he's exactly the same guy. Like mm-hmm. he came in, he's dominant. He's like six something. I mean, he's a tall presence. He's always mm-hmm. in the suit, and he came in. and I remember meeting him, and I I said hello to him, and the first thing he said was, "We're going to do great in the ratings tonight. We're going to do great in the ratings tonight. Wait till you see the numbers. We're going to do great. We're going to do great." Oh, Just God. obsessed. All yeah. he cares about. I feel obsessed. like obsessed. Yeah, you know, and it. You know, it works. I mean, he knew what he was doing. And then on the show, we were... It was awful. This is when it started to go wrong. This is another problem with the marriage drive. It started off with Jerry's Rolodex. So it was like Madonna and Larry David and all these great people. And then, you know... You go through that, and then you got to just start finding your own three and, guests every night, right? And then NBC kind of they, they're 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 probably stepping in, going like, "Well, we've got this guy on this show, and we yeah. want to push." What about this? the host and of then, The Biggest Loser? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it end, that show was Donald Trump, Gloria Stefan, and Adam Carolla. Okay, and thank That's God for Adam because there was the yeah. other two are not no comedy funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You're trying to do a comedy show, you looking in the be... eyes of Donald Trump <laughs> and Gloria Stefan. You're in Gl- trouble. You mean comedy legend Gloria <laughs> Stefan? <laughs> yeah, didn't bring it that night. Oh my God, yeah. it was rough. And the one little weird side thing is, uh, you know, it was all about married couples, right? And anytime Trump would make a comment trying to be funny, someone who's not funny, he would make a. <clears throat> comment about the woman's body he would make oh. a con- he several times he made comments about the the woman's breast well she's got something else that's pretty good shut up and then he look at me like, and give me a little wink like back me up buddy like i just nailed it come on yeah. be my hey, that's be my one. be my pervert buddy here. it's not for the camera be my it's, billy bush it's not gonna be captured on television he's lit yeah yeah he's literally oh, giving me it li- and i remember back then thinking i felt like this was like a date rape <laughs> Dude, yes! Like, a, a, he was schmoozing me and conning yeah. me and making me my, his friend and then violating me. Yeah. I really making you, felt... And did you kind of... Did you wink back or did you... I was just kind of... Yeah. You know? Like, did what Billy Bush did. Yeah. Okay, yeah, man. Right. Okay, yeah. You just kind of went <laughs> oh with it. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, weird. That is so telling. So, those two things... And not surprising. The stuff with the women's mm-hmm. bodies and the thing with the ratings. And see... It's not a surprise. He told you what he was. He told you what yeah. he was going to do. It's not... There's no surprise here. Right. It's not like he came in acting like no. he was, uh, you know... Johnny Nice Guy, and then turned into this guy. Switch. It's he, like no, he's been that way ever I, since. I yeah, I am being honest with you. If you don't like it, don't vote for me. But they did. Um, <laughs> we have about yeah. I mean, hope. I mean, yeah. That's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Uh, when you got, can you? We can do. We 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 can do like the presidential ref show. And, yeah. then, and then just like Trump comes on. And See that people. version of him. <laughs> had he like when he did did stuff like that in doses like that. You know, then you're like, ah, it's like the it's a TV big, it's a, it's a TV, yeah. it's a rich yeah. dum dum who says pervy shit and like not really harming anybody. Exactly. Yeah, because you you don't really take it seriously. Yeah, has nothing. To, it's, it's not like, going to affect like, your life. It's like the kid I knew in high school who wore overalls with no shirt because he had big arms and he <laughs> thought right. that was really cool and he was making a statement and I was like, ah, you're like a cartoon character, man. You're not a real person to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not. Say, that it would be like that guy becoming your dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of a sudden your mom comes home like Adam. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you got something to deal with. Uh, we have a few minutes left and I do want to ask, you mentioned it earlier in the, just in talking about like the sacrifice needed for, to make in this business and, and friendships and relationships. And uh, Fitzsimmons talked with us a little bit about this and being like a successful uh, father and husband and having a great career. Like to me, I'm at a point where, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, I dated for most of my 20s and now I'm in this point where I'm just making career first. And I, I can't imagine having uh, anything else other than this to, I'm trying to put all my energy into that. Right. Um, and so when I see people like you that are just crushing it on both ends, I'm very curious. Like, man, I guess you can have both. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you, how do you balance it? And it's all it comes down to what you want, you know? And there's some people, I've just always, I come from a big family and family even when i was starting i was i remember saying out loud like i probably won't do any of that because i am going to be a comedian and all that but uh you know nature kind of takes its course and you mm -hmm. don't uh you know you're gonna you're gonna it's almost similar to the your high school story it's like you were just going to become that guy and even though your coach was <laughs> gonna scare the crap out of you you were just yeah. gonna do it you yeah. were just going to do it so if you're destined to become that guy, right? Like you're mm -hmm. getting married because it's just it's in the cards. It's just yep. happening. It's in your Nate's part of you. Yep. So it just kind of happened, and I felt like it was. Uh, I felt like it was important, and I think that uh, it was just. It's kind of grounding. I was going to say, like Magical you know? was telling me that Al Magical that he became more. Um, productive because yeah. he was like now i have a schedule i have to get all this stuff done by this because yeah. i have to get with my kids at this time yeah 100 percent. and it's uh you know look you get to a certain point where uh you know everybody has their own path but i got to a certain point where it's like you know how what else is there you know mm -hmm. you're around long enough you go to enough movies you see you've gone to enough dinners with people you're like, all right, that's all there is there. <laughs> and as a comedian, I always felt like you want to digest and consume everything you can. So yeah. you, you know, you have opinions on everything, and you yeah. can, you why can would talk you, about everything? Why I always said for myself, why would I pass on the biggest experience that you can have on the planet, yeah, which, which is, is to make other people, yeah, yeah, you know, to actually create people and raise them and be around them and get from them and all that back and forth and it's like as why would i cut that off why would i not participate in that sure and my wife was a comedian when we started and we really oh, wow. she wasn't really sure if we were going to do it um but i knew as soon as i met her that we were going to do it <laughs> i used to scare her when we were dating because i was like you're gonna have my baby <laughs> you hear that she's guys like, that's like, a great pickup line yeah, really just is. go up to women and be like you're <laughs> yeah. gonna have my babies she was like we, we, we've only been dating for a month like she wanted to run away but i was yeah. like no it's definitely happening you know it's happening that's pretty yeah. awesome, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's happening today but right it's definitely no gonna I, happen. and and and, pe and people have asked me like when did i know that uh the at then time my girlfriend would become my fiance and yeah. eventually become my wife is you just do you just yeah no the same way you know when you went up on stage for the first time and you're like yeah. oh my god like this is that yeah. is a beautiful realization this is the thing and yeah. to relate to both of you yeah. i knew when to put my third place rec league basketball trophy <laughs> next to my booze i knew that was where it was supposed to be right when i knew that was the only place i had in my apartment that it could be visible to the podcast guest to comment on well yeah. that's your destiny <laughs> that's your destiny is this where i cry do i cry when you leave <laughs> i have to say when i look around there's you there's very little in here that that could stay if you did change your life. <laughs> 
I mean, everything that you love about this place, <laughs> yeah. gone. I know. There's dude. no woman. The that's posters. Gonna, no woman's gonna want any of these posters. No. No. I'm about two years. No away. child can be near any of these cords. <laughs> no fire. You could never have fire. How, yeah. how much all those DVDs, all that stuff. Never low? been touched. No, yeah. that all has to be up super high. Wait a minute. Yeah. At what point do you have to just give in to that? Like when you first uh, guys hard. got a house, when she was like, "Okay, we're putting your writer theater." You know, look, we're poster away. Not in the living room. It's going in your man cave. Which... I was okay with that stuff. Okay. Like, yeah. like the man stuff, I didn't really have a hang on. To. Like, as soon as I started dating my wife, I started changing my apartment just to trap her. Like, I started getting <laughs> nice candles. I started yeah, getting nice go. things. I yeah. started a nice comforter. I was like, I didn't care about the guy stuff. There yeah. was, that wasn't a right. struggle for so me. So it wasn't just but the mattress on the floor with the sheet that gets washed once a year. It was a futon. It was. It wasn't. I was not above. I'm not saying I wasn't. I was living in luxury. This woman loved me. There was. She really. She. she we didn't even have a bath. Uh, a sink in the bathroom. She had to brush her teeth in oh. the in the kitchen. And you know, I was living with Kyle Dunnigan at the time. Nice. Oh, okay. And she, I remember you had to like brush your teeth and spit it between the dishes. In this kitchen, like I remember her had accuracy. I remember her literally gagging when she was brushing her teeth. No, this was this was pure love. But the hard part for me as a selfish comedian was when the babies show up. Mm-hmm. You can't live your life at all the way that you used to live your life. Right. I mean, I mean, basically, like you couldn't. My routine was to get the newspaper mm-hmm. and my pad and my coffee and sit at the table and just have that little moment even just a half hour, just to read and write and have coffee and get into the right. creative head and go by. The, even that basic little thing, I could no longer do. Right, because you gotta wake up and you check on the baby. And babies are screaming, babies bummer? are crying. Yeah, it's a bummer. And it's hard to wrestle it, but it makes you less selfish ultimately. If you either either you become less selfish or you just get in the car and never come back, yeah, yeah. Did, I mean, do you somehow compartmentalize that selfishness that you need for the career, or like, yeah. you're like, yo, tonight I am going to to run that Conan set or to or to, uh, to go to the coffee shop to write late because I need to do notes on this draft. You got to like, be flexible. Yeah. I started going to the coffee shop at the around the corner. I started yeah. doing mm-hmm. this little French cafe. You adjust. You adjust. But life is about adjusting. But your life is no longer your own. Yeah, they're this tiny little creature. And they own the house. You don't own the house. All of this is gone. There's no yeah. podcast going on here because the baby's going to be sleeping. There's no just not just not having food because you're not going out to get food. You have to feed. It's all the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. If you could just give in, that if, if I could have given myself advice, and mm-hmm. I would just be like, don't fight it. Just go with it because it's over. That is great advice. It really is over. <laughs> yeah. But you're not. There's no way any of this stays. <laughs> So what you're saying is the stair stepper stays. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna get their hands stuck <laughs> yeah, in the pedal. Yeah, done. They're gonna be working no. the thing. That, so uh, basically, the, the the advice from Tom Papa: pull out everybody. Uh, <laughs> do it, but it, but but get ready. You got it's. A, yeah. You're flipping. Yeah, you're not just gonna fold this into your life. Right. This is a new life. Well, Are right. you gonna have babies? Hell yeah! yeah. We, my my fiance is uh, Chinese, so we got to make a Chinese dwarf. We have to. <laughs> she little? She no, she's tall. She's tall. Yeah, I got. So I, what's I, the what's the genetic odds? Uh, not to get too detailed, but seventy five percent chance tall, twenty five percent chance dwarf. That's so a what big are you percentage. For? Oh, I dwarf. Got to root dwarf. Asian dwarf <laughs> baby. Asian dwarf. Asian dwarf baby could end wars. Okay, also, like you just send that to Putin. He's like, I don't want to bomb anything anymore. <laughs> That could be the smallest one ever. Right. 
Because <laughs> Asians are small to begin yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. Are Asian people, dwarf baby. Are we going to start like a pool on the baby? Like if it is dwarf, like is yeah. there... Well, uh, can you tell during pregnancy? Uh, depends on depends on the type of dwarfism. But like for my type of dwarfism, yes, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you can tell. So then you could start being like, they're like, okay. look at his penis. They're like, that's his head. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're like, okay, yeah. so the baby gate doesn't have to be <laughs> <Yeah>. that high. <laughs> so then you're like a half foot off, half foot off the ground. Can they tell though? Or yeah, yeah, I'm rooting dwarf. Me too. Right? I am. That's totally a sitcom in the making too. Yeah, it's just more fun. It is. Yeah, also, you would be baby. like. You know, I just you would just yeah. I mean, you're gonna crush the father thing regardless. I feel there like there you go. But, well, yeah, that, for sure. That and then I get longer before the kid can kick my ass. So I need it. Yes. I need it to be dwarf baby because yes. you know you gotta tell the teenager Authority. like you can't go out. Like if I have a six foot two <laughs> kid, a six foot two Chinese kid, He's six foot two Chinese kid, oh. hey, it can happen, Yao Ming. You know, they're so. never gonna believe that you are the dad. <laughs> I think, yeah, like, I'm going to walk up and, like, pit, like pick up my kid from school and be like, that dwarf's taking that baby. It's like, no, 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 mine, mine. This one's mine. It would be kind of cool to be able to have a, to get a piggyback ride from a Chinese <laughs> son. That would be pretty cool. I won't have a rascal that, scooter. I'm going to have my yeah, son. Yeah, you'll never have to walk a mall again. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's gonna be, he he's gonna like be running tough mutter competitions. I'm gonna be Yoda on the back of Luke Skywalker's back, just like oh yeah, stop by the New Balance store, son. Daddy needs some new shoes. Oh, it's so great. So um, are you gonna try right away? You think yeah. you'll wait a little bit? Oh no, let, let, let's go, go. for it. Let's go do it. it. Yeah, let's make yeah, some damn babies. You're ready. Good for you. You know how old are you? Uh, Thirty three. And yeah. that and, and and that's like seventy two in dwarf. So I really have to like yeah. crank You're, it up. You like, actually behind go. schedule, right? <laughs> yeah, now. I got it. Like, I got like five years left. Uh, no, no girlfriend. Thirty five. Yeah. Thirty five. Yeah. Single. Yeah. Sweet. I have nieces and nephews that fill the void right now. I go home to Seattle every couple months to the twin seven year old girls. I was pretty much the only male influence other than my stepdad the first five years. Right. So very close to them, and they're in a you know that's filling the void of. And you know the way I'm with them, everyone's like, "You're gonna be a great dad," because I'm just so, yeah. and I love it. I've always loved kids, but yeah. um, you know, you got to get the girl first. No, look, you know, look, I brought my nephew here yeah. today. You know, mm -hmm. is he enjoying himself? No, but this is what an <laughs> uncle does. Well, he does. To be fair, I saw him take a whiff of the incense and was like, "This place isn't for me." He's like, "I'm more of a strawberry fields incense." I uh, like how we've been doing the podcast and they've been watching videos on their phone the entire time. And guess what? That's great that we have that now. Yeah, you know, because when oh, they first came in, I was like, "Should I turn the TV on?" But like, <laughs> I don't know what shows they like. Like, do yeah. they want to watch Game of Thrones or do they want, you know, Miley Cyrus? Like, no, what, what it's the kids all, watch. It's oh, all no. Rick and Morty. Oh, dude, that's awesome. We yeah. had the creator on. Did you? Justin Rowland. Yeah. yeah. Justin Rowland. Oh, wow. That show's fantastic. He, uh, he, uh, he, he prank called a Thai restaurant as both Rick and Morty. Yeah. Oh, really? And it was great. pretty damn legendary. That's pretty great. <laughs> so, that's pretty awesome. Um, Tom, this was unbelievable. And I just, thank you so uh, much. I'm you. glad we finally got to Dude, do it. Dude, you are um, not only one of the best comics in the game, but like it's, it's it is it is true, <laughs> man. But there are very few people that like I always. And, and I've been fortunate, like, at the store when there's been a time where I'm going up, like, a few before you and I can stay and always watch because you always have new stuff and you're just, like, real smart and poignant and, like, I don't know, man. It's it's really always awesome to watch. That. And inspiring. You know, when you see somebody like you that's done so much <clears throat> and constantly, <clears throat> excuse me, coming up with new stuff, it's, like, you need those, like, like nuggets of... Oh fuck! I gotta like yeah, you keep know going. reminders. Yeah, yeah no, mm -hmm. it's like whenever I watch Maria Bamford, it's just like yeah, you haven't seen her in a while, then you see her and you're like, oh, 
I haven't been writing. <laughs> yeah, she's doing it. She's, yeah, she's... Uh, watch Watch Tom Papa special Human Mule. It's available right now on Amazon and Hulu. And then uh, if you got the Amazon, you can watch him in Red Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Okay. I mean, I wrote for that show and I appeared in a couple episodes. Yeah. So watch uh, Red Oaks on Amazon and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Come to Papa. Yeah. Come to so Papa. Good, by the way. If, Thank you. Yeah. If you're in uh, New York or LA, check out the uh, Come to Papa live. They happen every now Do and it then. Like Largo, right? Yeah. Largo and uh, the Village Underground. That's so great. And yeah. then, and then uh, look Did, for. Hasn't Damon done some of them? Yeah, we've had amazing guests. Damon's yeah. done a bunch of them. Mel, Mel Brooks, Ray Romano. Yeah, Amy Schumer, uh, Al Madrigal, Bill Burr. You had, a lot of good you had Carl Frickin' Reiner. Carl Reiner. What? He didn't do Carl the live Reiner. one. He did the inter- I did an interview yeah. with him in his house. Amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, amazing. I just watched that documentary, The If You're Not in the Obit, um, Eat Breakfast. Yeah, I went to the premiere for that. <sighs> yeah. Unbelievable. So great. He seems like just the greatest person. I, d- I mean, no, we're leaving, but I was yeah. I was in his house mm-hmm. interviewing him in the, his... He's 90 years old. He's writing a book. He has it up on his computer. He's a little L-shaped desk. Yeah. And I'm like, he's writing another book at 90. And he's like, yeah, this is where I w- wrote the first uh, 12 Dick Van Dykes, right oh, at this desk. Oh, my God. And uh, no writer's history. room, nothing. Just wrote 12 of them by himself. He goes, and there was a woman It was like a like this like with a pool out back and yeah. he said I would always look down and this woman would be sunbathing there my wife wouldn't know and then I'd keep writing more Dick Van Dyke's <laughs> 12 shows and I said do you ever get writer's block you're 90 years old you're writing another book he goes no I never understood that <laughs> you say you want to write just you go, sit down just start writing just I'm go, not saying it's going to be good but yeah. why would you just write what are you what stopping are you yourself completely for? dismissive wow. of writer's block yeah. I, I, I love that just I know. do and then, um, and then uh, check out in the future uh, me and Tom Papa yes. together. We got to get this a, in before uh, you go to your wedding. By yeah, the way. in a uh, Rob Zombie production. That's right. It's coming. Oh God! If Rob Zombie's directing, I'm wearing a ton of makeup, aren't I? Um, no. no. You just be yourself. <laughs> you just be yourself. He's you're like, enough, no, Brad. You're ugly enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah and also yeah. be on the lookout for Tom as the EP of Syphilis Tsunami coming to <laughs> Netflix or uh, or Pax. I Pax want my has name been... on that project. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. So, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had laughs and stories. Now go listen to more episodes on iTunes or your phone. Subscribe and tell your family and everyone you know. But what should I tell them? Well, you can just tell them that Brad Williams and Adam Ray. subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. 
I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.